from Kurtco Media. Coming up on this episode of Life Done Better. Functional mushrooms are among the most powerful in terms of their effectiveness, in terms of the number of compounds that they contain for really nourishing and revitalizing the system from this root-based level while being in the safest category of herbs. Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill DeYoung. Mushrooms are increasingly getting more attention and for a good reason. They offer tremendous healing properties and there is so much to learn about these little powerhouses. We're going to discuss the benefits and reasons why to make room for more culinary and medicinal mushrooms in your life. I invited Danielle Ryan Broida and she is a key player in the worldwide mushroom movement. She is a registered herbalist, a holistic nutritionist, and national educator of Four Sigmatic. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to hear a little bit about your story, how you got into this world of mushrooms. I know it's really cool and popular now, but most likely when you started in this mushroom world, it wasn't that cool. Yeah, it's true. I never expected to be working in a practice that is devoted to mushrooms and the more that I think back on my journey, it makes so much sense. Every piece of the things that I was delving into all led to mushrooms. They're really the connection between it all. It was really an organic process, which is the way it usually is when you're talking about mushrooms. When you're out in the forest, I like to say, you don't find the mushrooms, the mushrooms find you. And it's really similar to my practice as well. So I became a plant-based eater when I was eight years old, so got really interested in where things are coming from, right? It was really about connection for me rather than at that point, it wasn't so much animal rights or environmental justice. It was just connecting to that which we were feeding our bodies. It evolved. I became a big environmental activist, a yogi. And after I finished my undergrad, where I studied environmental studies and philosophy and had a really big focus on industrial composting, so the building of soil on a more massive scale. And when we start learning about soil, we realize how much mycelium, which is essentially the root system of mushrooms, is an integral part of our soil. It's everywhere on the planet, no matter where we each are right now, you know, in Hawaii, in California, wherever our listeners are, we're, every step that we take on the planet, we're stepping on about 300 miles of mycelial biomass in every footstep. So they are the largest organism on the earth. They're literally everywhere. And we so often don't realize, right? We have no idea what's around us, what's underneath us, what's in us. I mean, I never knew that they were everywhere and we were stepping on it as we speak. Yes. 90% of plants depend on this mycelial network for their survival. So even when you see succulents on the beach or big pines in the middle of the forest, they're all interconnected via this mycelial network. Not only that, every breath that we take in, we're breathing about 10 mushroom spores. These are essentially the seeds of mushrooms. The reproductive part that's responsible for the continuation of the mushroom life cycle and in us, right? So many of the things that we eat, some of our most popular foods we don't realize are fermented, things like coffee and chocolate, cheese, bread, alcohols. And so we're starting to call our microbiome 
also the mycobiome, right? Myco being mycology, the root of studying mushrooms. And so they're really everywhere and they deserve our attention. For me, you know, it started with composting, with this connection to food. And after I finished my undergrad, I decided to move to Southeast Asia. I got a job working for a travel company and I was leading high school kids out into the backcountry. So I'd take them for three weeks at a time and we'd go live with remote hill tribe villages. That's so cool. It was so cool. I did all sorts of things out in Asia. I became a certified yogi in India and I studied with a naturopath in Indonesia and became a detox coach. And I was kind of like, everyone around me was like, what are you doing? You know, what are these paths? And I just kept following what was sparking interest in that moment. And I never really knew where it would lead me. And after about three years in Asia, I moved back to the States, to Colorado to attend actual herbal graduate school. So I went to the Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism and opened a private practice. And again, the fungi kind of kept seeping their way. They kept finding me. And so in my private practice, most of the people that were coming to me were those that had basically tried every other practitioner. And they said, you're my last resort. And that brought a lot of autoimmune conditions, a lot of chronic illness, and many things that the Western world didn't have a name or a label or a diagnosis for. Wow, that's pretty intense. If you're just starting your practice and you get last resort cases and you know all these expectations and hope, and I mean, there's quite some pressure that comes with that. Yes, absolutely. And healing takes time. But you know, when you look at anyone's body, what's so important about the work that I do, it's called vitalist herbalism, is I don't really pay attention to labels. I look at symptoms. So what are people experiencing and taking away the label from them rather than I am a person that has Lyme, right? Or I has Crohn's disease. It's mm. what are you experiencing and addressing the body from a very root-based place. So not just treating those symptoms, taking them into account, but looking at where those symptoms might be stemming from in the body. And so rebuilding someone's gut health supporting someone's immune system, seeing how well their detoxification processes are happening, right? What's their liver function like? And from that place is where, when you're committed to it, the long-term sustainable results begin to come to life. Without even deciding, I ended up turning towards mushrooms. And functional mushrooms are among the most powerful in terms of their effectiveness, in terms of the number of compounds that they contain, for really nourishing and revitalizing the system from this root-based level while being in the safest category of herbs. We have four different categories to rank the safety of all of our herbal medicine. And these functional mushrooms are both the safest and the most powerful when it comes to immune conditions. Um, they have this ability to modulate immune systems and to really bring that energy, that life, that vitality back into people's entire being. Zooming out, it's quite important to understand what type of mushrooms we're speaking about. To start, fungi are their own kingdom, okay? So they used to be considered a lower form of plant, and now we know they sit in their own biological kingdom, much like animals and plants. And it's a massive kingdom, and within that, there's a subsect of mushrooms. They primarily grow on trees, and they have known studied benefits to the human body. There's a a couple hundred of them, between six and 700 functional mushrooms. 
And one of the key compounds in most of these, almost all of these functional mushrooms are a complex sugar chain called polysaccharides. Mm -hmm. And the type often found in mushrooms are beta-glucans. And what these beta-glucans can do is modulate the immune system. So easy way to think about them is like cruise control for the immune system, right? So we all have a different level in which our immune systems function at optimally. And if you're vulnerable or your immune system is suppressed because there's some crazy thing going on in the world, or maybe it's flu season or it's turning towards winter and you're becoming more vulnerable, you can take an extract of a functional mushroom and it can actually increase certain immune cells in the body. There's many herbs that can do this as well, right? Our immune stimulants like echinacea or splanthes, golden seal, right? We have herbs that can do that too. But what makes mushrooms stand out is they also have the ability to tamper down to suppress immune activity in bodies that need it. For individuals with autoimmune conditions, what's happening is they're actually having an overactive immune response. There's too much immune activity happening in the body. So the same extract that someone that had a vulnerable immune system took, that autoimmune body could take it and it would actually tamper down their immune system to bring them back into this level of balance of equilibrium. Interesting. So is that word in the word adaptogens or adapt to what? I mean, can you explain that word and what it is and what it is doing? Yes. Uh, so many of our functional mushrooms are adaptogens. And what they are, it's this umbrella category of natural medicine that, if we're to put it really simply, helps our body adapt. And there's a couple criteria that make either an herb or a mushroom an adaptogen. So it must be naturally occurring, right? Coming from the earth. It must be non-toxic. It must be non-addictive. So you don't build up a tolerance to it the more you take it. Very unlike something like caffeine, you know, or coffee. And then this other really unique thing that sets adaptogens apart is that they're non-specific. And so this is kind of speaks to what we were just saying is they're not pushing the body in one direction or another. They're giving our bodies tools to become more resilient. You know, when we really think oftentimes adaptogens are associated with stress because stress is such a key underlying issue that is responsible for so many symptoms we experience. And these adaptogens, they really are working to find balance in the body. So when it comes to stress, they give us the tools to more quickly and efficiently deal with a stressor and then bring our bodies back into that normalized state so that we're not stuck in this fight or flight. When you think about building the immune system, would love to hear a couple of names where we're like, okay, number one or two and three, put that on a list, Amazon it, or you know, go to the grocery store and get that supplement if you'd like to really build your immune system. Yeah. The big three are chaga. Chaga is known as the king of mushrooms. Not only is it immune modulating, it also is incredibly rich in antioxidant properties, which is incredible for building our immune system. The second is reishi. So where chaga is the king, reishi is known as the queen of mushrooms. She's a superior tonic in traditional Chinese medicine used for upwards of 5,000 years and really an incredible way to support our stress response and build our immune system. And the third is lion's mane. Lion's mane is often toted for its affinity with the brain, right? Like your brain's best friend and incredible benefits, you know, for productivity and creativity and focus, but also rich in these beta-glucans to modulate the immune system. 
Wonderful. I personally really enjoy drinking the Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane Elixir, and it does improve concentration. And I also supplement with Cordyceps powder, which increases my energy. And then I eat portobello mushrooms, shiitake, baby bella. Is there a difference between drinking our mushrooms, supplementing them, or eating them? Yes, big time. So when we're eating mushrooms culinarily, and many of our functional mushrooms, like lion's mane, for example, can also be eaten, right? It has a a soft, fleshy texture to it. And so you can cut it up and add it in a stir fry or in a soup. But the water content of mushrooms when we're eating them culinarily is very large. So mushrooms can be up to 30, some of them up to 90% water. And so there's a really big difference in potency when it comes to eating mushrooms, which I highly encourage, versus taking an extract. And what an extract is, there's essentially two main ways to create a mushroom extract. And this is critical because we'll see a lot of powders out there on the market that are just ground up mushroom or ground up mushroom mycelium. And the body can't actually utilize the incredible constituents in that mushroom. So extraction is key, key, key. And you can either do that by making a long hot water brew, basically a mushroom tea, we call it a decoction, or via a tincture. So putting that mushroom fruiting body, the actual mushroom, in an alcohol base or a glycerin base and extracting it that way. And the reason this is so important is there's a compound in the cell wall of these mushrooms, and it's called chitin, the same compound found in crustacean shells. And our human body doesn't contain the enzyme to break open that chitin. We don't have any chitinase. And so that chitin kind of binds these compounds from our bodies being able to access them. So if you take mushrooms raw, if you're not cooking them, it's more or less like eating fiber, right? It's just passing through you. It's not necessarily bad, but you have this gold mine inside that your body can't access. So by exposing it to high heat or to alcohol, It breaks open that cell wall and allows these immunomodulating beta-glucans as well as many other beneficial compounds to become bioavailable for our bodies to utilize. Oh, that's good news. So cooking does not damage it. Cooking is better. You always want to cook your mushrooms. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Because I love to saute them in a little olive oil, a little ghee, some salt and pepper. Mm, So good. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. On medicine, we're still practicing. Join Dr. Stephen Tabak and Bill Curtis for real conversations with the medical professionals who have their finger on the pulse of healthcare in the modern world. Available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Produced by Kurt Co. Media. Welcome back. What are some of the ways you like to cook with mushrooms? What ingredients do you use to maybe maximize the effects for a better absorption rate? Yeah. So one of the key things to maximize absorption in our mushrooms is vitamin C. And you can get that in a lot of different forms. So at Four Sigmatic, when we're formulating our different products, we often add rose hips which is really rich in vitamin C. Um, If you're cooking with them, and if I'm just putting lion's mane or shiitake or maitake on the stove, I'll often add some citrus. So a squeeze of lemon is great. 
And depending on yeah, what form of vitamin C works for you, that's probably the biggest way to elevate your mushrooms, either culinarily or more medicinally. Oh, that's so good to hear because we do, if we really invested in incorporating these mushrooms into our diet and lifestyle, we do obviously want to reap all the benefits. So vitamin C, what culinary mushrooms would you cook with yourself? Like what do you have in the fridge right now? Yeah, shiitake and maitake are probably my two favorites. Uh, Shiitake is an incredible mushroom that supports our detoxification processes. So it's kind of like a glow from the inside out, right? Whenever someone is expressing some sort of negative symptom on the skin, whether that's acne or psoriasis, you know, some sort of rash, the first thing that I look at is how is their liver functioning, right? Because if their liver is sluggish in any way, the detoxification process has slowed down and the body's looking for an alternate way to release those toxins. And that often comes from the skin. And so shiitake is amazing for really helping basically optimize our detoxification pathways and in turn give us this beautiful glow. My talkie is really incredible too. Delicious culinary mushroom. Really cool story with my talkie is it's traditionally been used in Japan And all of our mushrooms have these really sacred, revered stories to them. But with my talkie, it was only the father of the family that had the knowledge of where the talkie was growing out in the forest. And he was not allowed to tell anyone the location of the talkie. And it was only when he was on his deathbed that he could will the talkie location to the eldest son to keep the tradition going. So really amazing. I mean, special mushroom. It's called dancing mushroom. Samurai used to eat it. And it's said that they would dance for joy upon finding them. So it was such a glorious moment. And in today's world, my talkie is great for blood sugar balance. Oh my gosh, this is something that too many people are dealing with, right? Starting the day with high carbohydrates or high sugar or maybe just a plain cup of coffee and we get this big spike in energy and then it crashes. And the first thing we want to reach to is something else, like a quick fix, right? To get us back to that place. So we're on this crazy sugar roller coaster throughout the day. And it's so hard to find balance, to find ease, to find focus when we're on that high and low ride. And so my talkie is amazing for helping to maintain levels of blood sugar throughout the body to give us more of this stabilizing, mellow increase in energy and dip. So we're not kind of on the spiral. Well, I'm certainly curious to try. I have never heard of it before and I love learning from you. There's so much to learn here. And so let's switch over to when you say functional mushrooms, does that fall into the category of medicinal mushrooms? Like, is that kind of a new way of saying it? Yeah, this is a great question. The same category that we've been referring to as functional mushrooms today used to be called medicinal mushrooms. And in some places they are. I prefer to make the distinction between functional and medicinal because In the world of plant medicine, the term medicinal has now been associated with cannabis and more of the illegal substances. And so when we hear medicinal mushrooms, there's often an association, and I think it'll continue to grow in this direction, with psychoactive species, right? That contains psilocybin. And so I really want to drill in the point that these are completely legal, completely safe. There's no psychotropic properties to them. And I think functional just denotes that a little better than medicinal, but yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, I love that you separate the two because another question was, 
What are your thoughts on the use of psilocybin mushrooms as it is increasingly becoming legal throughout the U.S.? Yeah, I'm very hopeful to see where it goes. Uh, from a four sigmatic lens, we'll never go in that direction. We're more of a superfood wellness company. Of course. And myself personally, I'm so hopeful for where this is going. I think it's a absolutely incredible field of study that has amazing results, you know, that we're seeing and the decriminalization in certain cities, the legalization in places like Oregon. I think we're just at the very beginning of seeing where this medicine can take us. And uh, yeah, it's like this interesting dance. My partner is a physician assistant and he focuses on ketamine assisted psychotherapy, right? As because ketamine is one of our only legal psychoactive substances. And uh, I think even the results that he's seeing from that world, I mean, with all sorts of conditions, PTSD, anxiety, depression, it's helping us see the the real potent potential that lies within this field. And as someone that believes in working with the body, doing something temporarily so that the body can restore itself and not having to rely on anything long-term, whether it's a pill, even something natural. My goal was always anyone that came to me. I'm like, when you no longer need to see me, that's when our work has been successful, right? Like I don't want this reliance. And we've, we've kind of blindly fallen into that trap. And we think that once we need a medication, we need that for life. And something so interesting with the psychedelic movement is we're seeing after one use, one time engaging with the medicine, true results. And so even that feels so refreshing and so exciting. So I can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, it certainly is very exciting because it can alleviate depression. It can give you great insights. What else does psilocybin do? Like, do, what can you explain a little more? What uh, the benefits are of taking it? Yeah, it's really interesting. If uh, I would highly suggest a book called How to Change Your Mind, it's by Michael Pollan, and he uses this great metaphor, which I think is a helpful way to understand it. He says, as we're young, think of our lives like going down a ski mountain and there's no tracks in the beginning. And so we're going down, we kind of pave our own way. And as we age and we get older, there's a path that's already been slightly laid out for us. So we go down the same path and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And we're kind of stuck in this rut, right? We, we know this is the only way to live our lives. And his explanation is once in, after engaging with some sort of psilocybin experience or journey, that it allows us to get out of that predetermined path for us and realize that we are on top of a mountain and there's endless possibilities. Um, and when we look at a map of the brain, you know, a regular functioning brain versus a brain on psilocybin, the amount of neural pathways and these networks become, I mean, tenfold, if not more. So there's an incredible increase in brain activity happening that's literally rewiring and creating new pathways for us to remember that we are at the front, you know, that every moment in front of us is this blank canvas. I mean, we need that. There's so many, no matter what age you're at, you know, his whole thing is like psychedelics are wasted on the youth. Like let's bring them into the people older in their life who need to remember that they're not stuck and that there's constantly a new way forward if we're able to remember that and create new neural pathways that enforce that idea. It sounds very promising. 
And it sounds like a cheap form of therapy and something that's non-addictive and hopefully more and more available soon. Yeah. Let's go back to the functional mushrooms. What are some of the most popular ones nowadays? Like I know that I personally like the lion's mane, cordyceps. I would like to try shaga, but lion's mane and cordyceps are really the two that I use most. What other ones should you add to my list? Yeah. I mean, the big three, I would say are lion's mane for productivity, reishi for more stress and sleep, chaga for the immune system. And then if we were to kind of get into the second tier, it would definitely be cordyceps, right? More for performance, endurance, that physical energy. We have turkey tail, which I think we'll begin to see more and more of, which is a wonderful functional mushroom. We focus on it more for its gut healing ability. So we put it in our chai latte. It's also wonderful for the immune system. We just started using a new mushroom called tremella. It's known as a jelly fungus. So it grows on trees like most of these do. And it literally looks like kind of like jello and it's full of water. So what's so cool about tremella is it can retain up to a hundred times its weight in water, which is what many of our beauty products like hyaluronic acids do, which is, you know, only holding up to 40, about 40 times its weight in water. So amazing to take internally as a beauty supplement. And it's been used in this way for hundreds of years in Japan and China, because so much of what we're trying to do is add that moisture from the inside out, right? Whether it's for wrinkles or lackluster skin, dryness. Yeah. And for joints, right? The, the older we're getting, we're getting, we need to lubricate those joints. So that's another supplement that I would love to look into. Wonderful. And so are there any mushrooms that you recommend growing at home? Yes. Great question. The easiest mushroom, I love growing mushrooms at home. It was one of the ways that I became really excited by their, their magic and their potency. The easiest one to grow at home is definitely oyster. There's many different varieties of oyster and it's a a choice culinary mushroom. We didn't talk about it today, but also immunomodulating and contains those beta glucans. So, so great for the oyster species, pink oysters. I mean, blue oysters, you can get really creative with them. And I would really start there. There's others, you know, that are a little bit easier, like lion's mane could be a next step from the oysters. Some of our tougher mushrooms like reishi and, and chaga are pretty tough to grow at home. Chaga specifically, chaga is a parasite to birch trees. So it's quite important that you actually harvest them from their native environment, which is big birch forests. At Four Sigmatic, we get ours from the largest birch forest in the world. It's called the taiga in Siberia. So yeah, just knowing kind of what mushrooms you want, where they come from and start with oysters. And then once you graduate from oysters, we can do a 2.0 and talk about cultivation tips for those that are really getting into it. I am fascinated by your expertise. I'm fascinated by all, you know, all this knowledge, like it's so new to me. And so that's why I also really enjoyed reading Healing Mushrooms, a practical and culinary guide to using mushrooms for the whole body health, written by the founder of Four Sigmatic, Taro Isocopola. There's recipes in there for boosting immunity, revamping metabolism, increasing energy. It's a wonderful book. I, I keep enjoying it. Like it's like I just kind of open a page and I'm reading a page and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? That's a lot of information because it's all so new. But this is really important stuff because it's medicine. This is maybe the medicine of the future. And I now understand also why you're saying that 
mushrooms are not only good for our bodies, but also for the planet, because the more of it that we grow and the better we take care of the soil of our planet. So the we upgrade our soil, right? And that's how we as a planet stay fertile and like evolving, growing instead of killing the earth and pollute it in so many ways. We need a whole episode on ways that mushrooms are saving the planet. It's like absolutely incredible. There's so many, I mean, it's, it's vast, but for another time, and I'm so glad you're loving healing mushrooms. Uh, Taro and I are working on a second book together right now. So that'll hopefully be out next year around this time. So we'll have to send you one as soon as that's ready. Yes, please. I cannot wait. Thank you so much, Danielle, for being on the show and sharing all your wisdom. You are an absolute fungi expert, and you may say fungi, or you you even said it differently. Fungi. Fungi, because you have fun doing it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Danielle, thank you so much. How do we stay in touch? If there's any questions from the listeners, is there a way to shoot you a direct message? Are you on Instagram? Yeah, you can find me directly, Danielle, on social. I'm at Danielle Ryan Broida. My personal website is DanielleRyanWellness.com. And then I'm all over Four Sigmatic. So we are just at Four Sigmatic on all social platforms and foursigmatic.com. If you have not checked out Four Sigmatic yet, please do. I'm a big fan and I cannot wait for more products. I'm going to sample the new products. I'm going to wait for this new book to come out. Thank you so much for providing such wonderful wisdom products and functional mushrooms in our life. Thank you, Danielle. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. This episode was produced and edited by AJ Mosley for Kurtco Media, mastering by Steve Ricky Berg. Thank you again to Danielle Broida for joining us on the show. If you're interested in learning more about functional mushrooms, check out her Instagram at Danielle Ryan Broida or head over to foursigmatic.com to pick up some mushrooms of your own. Until next time, my friends, have a beautiful day. From Kirkco Media, media for your mind.